Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Years ago, I want to start with this, and, and this was not in my notes, but just following what I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying today, um, we're a church that believes in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the third part of the Godhead and not in a part we think is there, but we don't really want to talk or think about. No, we believe he's active, living today. He's what draws you to salvation. He's, what, he's who convicts us of sin. He's who changes our lives. It's, you could not know Jesus without the Holy Spirit. And we need his power and his presence, and it is transformational to our lives. Matter of fact, you'll see over there, it's one of our five core values, the presence of God in our midst, okay? I, I, I'm going to say it later. I'm gonna, probably going to repeat it a lot, but there's two types of churches, and it's in my notes. This I'll say. There are two types of churches. There are the ones you say, who was at church that day? This guy spoke. They did this. I saw so and so. And then there's the ones where you say, God was there. I want to be the latter. We want to be the church where somebody leaves and they're like, God was there. And there was a time years ago. I have been very blessed in my life that where I've been in ministry for the most part, God has shown up in power and moved everywhere we've been. And you need to know, like, the banner over my life is not cause a revival. The banner over our lives and my life is Jesus. I want to know him, make him known. That's it. And if, if that's the pursuit, the presence is going to come. If Jesus is the pursuit, you're going to find him. <laughs> and he's going to show up and he's going to move. And years ago when we were in youth ministry, and I've shared this before, but for those who haven't heard we were in youth ministry, and we were in youth ministry a long time, um, but we are in a town called Amory, Wisconsin, and it's called that because you have to aim to get there or you will never find it. <laughs> um, it is a town of 3,000 people, uh, and, and that may be overestimating. Um, we didn't have Walmart. What did we, we had Alco. Alco. One off from Alpo. Alco was... Um, was a Walmart special cousin. You know, it was just not, couldn't quite, didn't get the scholarships that Walmart got. It's that, it's, it's, couldn't get the brand names Walmart had. That's what Alco was. And that's the town we were in. And it was, I remember, because I left the last ministry job, and I said, God, not further north, not a small town. And there are times in your life where God laughs at the things we say. You may not hear it, but you'll see it. <laughs> And that is exactly what happened. We were about an hour away from the Twin Cities on the Wisconsin side. And, but what was amazing is what we saw God do in that city. We were in a church not much bigger than ours, maybe the same size. Um, and, and we just, it, it wasn't, wasn't going well for a long time. My first six plus months in that church was like, every week I thought I was going to be fired. Uh, I was the worship leader, um, and I lived up to neither one of those words. Um, <laughs> it was horrible. Uh, and I, I just, it was not going well. Youth was not going well. I, I successfully chopped the youth group from 40 to 15. 
Yep. So we grew that way. And then I was like, God, what are we going to do? Uh, at some point, the pastor feels like, how do I justify his paycheck? Um, and he, he wasn't even that graceful. And I just remember like, what am I going to do? And just, you know what you do is you get on your face and you're like, God, move. Do what I can't. I've used everything in my youth pastor bag of tricks. I've made them eat everything I can know to make youth eat. They're still not coming. You know, I've done, uh, we did this thing, Club Fusion. That's what we, this is back when you named youth groups because they had to have names in order for kids to come. I don't know. But we called it Fusion back when the word Fusion was cool. I don't know why it was cool. It's doesn't make any sense, but we called it that, and we would turn the youth, the church into like a youth club, and anyway, none of it worked. I mean, we were developing relationships, and then, and then just things started to happen, and one year we finally, our church ended with 40 days of fasting, our church did, our church, we had a calendar of like 40 days of prayer and fasting. And we'll have that this fall. We'll have 21 days. We'll have, uh, and everybody can take a day. We don't expect anybody to fast 21 days. But just seek the Lord for our church, our ministry, and that's what they did. They had a calendar, and people filled out and filled in their names for 40 days and sought the Lord. And, and at the end of it, we're like, here it comes. Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing. We're like, oh, I guess that was good. But we went to a youth conference at the end of that. And man, did the Holy Spirit fall. Except for one or two kids, every kid I brought, and I brought like 15 to 20 kids, they all got radically either saved or in the water park in the hotel, they got baptized that weekend. And they were like, I don't want to wait. Let's do it right now. In their free time. That's when God's moving. When youth are like, I want to take my free time at the youth thing and do something about God. (laughs) That's when you know God's moving, right? And, And... but here's the cooler thing. You pray this, but it's rare that it happens. It came back with us. Like, there was a bunch of youth who didn't go. At this point, we had a youth group of like 30 to 40 kids. And from there, it grew exponentially. Our youth group grew to like 70, 75 kids in a church of about 100 at Sunday mornings, they would flood the front of a church. Wednesday nights, there were Wednesday nights we were worshiping, and they'd be like, just keep going. And I, I've shared this story with you. I, I can't share it enough because it, was, it changed my life. There's a young girl, her name was Saskia. She was a German foreign exchange student living with a family. How many remember this story? Anybody? My wife. The rest are great. Fantastic. Chase does. He's been here a while. But um, everybody else is like, all right, go ahead. You know, thank you. Um, and, and Saskia was uh, pre-emo or early stages emo. We would say full goth, though, right? If you don't know what that means, it was all black. You know, everything, satanic music, satanic symbols are on her neck, black fingernail polish, black lipstick, black hair. Um, atheist hated God. And, uh, but her host parents, this is back at a time where you, the host parents could say, well, you have to go to church. Uh, now you can't do that. But back then you could do that, even, even hosting an international student. They did. And she would come to youth group. But she would always sit, like, stand at the back of the crowd or the back of the room. And she would just stare, especially during worship. She would just, you know, one of these kind of death stares. And, <laughs> and it was fine. Um, but I get a call the next day from her host mom, and she said, did you hear? Did you hear what happened to Saskia? 
Now, I'm a youth pastor, and I'm new, and I'm thinking, what did I do? <laughs> what did, is there a game I played that night that just embarrassed them? Is there, you know, you just always are on guard. And, and I said, I think I literally said, well, what did I do? <laughs> and she said, no, 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 you don't understand. Now, I remember that night, we didn't have a message that night. We ended up worshiping and just going the rest of the night and worship because the youth wanted to keep going. They didn't want to stop. And that's not the goal. The goal is not, well, you know God's moving when they don't got to preach. Like, that's, that's not true. I don't buy into that, okay, obviously. Okay, so, um, I, I, but there are times, you know, the Holy Spirit can do what he wants to do, you know, and, and, and this is one of those times, and Saskia got in the van and couldn't stop crying. And I thought somebody offended her. She said, no, 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 no. Saskia said, and I quote, she said, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God. But I feel God in your church. And we, we couldn't manifest that. We couldn't create that. We weren't. I mean, it was me and a bunch of youth playing. We were bad, <laughs> you know, like, but it didn't matter because God's presence was there. So it wasn't the music. It wasn't the lights. It wasn't cool. It was God. And I, I got, I've got to travel the country with a team for several years, Master's Commission. Jen was on it. And, man, she could tell, we could tell you stories. Everywhere we went, God showed up. And touch lives. But the cooler thing is, so many of those we, lives we know that were touched are still walking with the Lord. See, because the goal of God's presence, the goal of a revival, the goal of a healing is not for you and I to be like, whoo, did you see that? <laughs> That's not the goal. The goal is knowing him and making him known to advance the kingdom. See, it's cool when God heals somebody, but if God heals you and you don't tell somebody to let them come to know Jesus, all you got was a high five. God wants way more than that. God wants to change the world through his presence and what he does in our midst. And change us, yeah. There's something Bill Johnson from Bethel said, and whether you're a fan of him or not, that's fine. There's, there's some things at Bethel I love and some I really don't. But there's one thing he says, you know, they're like, they, because they get criticized, of course, for being an encounter, you know, like it's all feelings, it's all goosebumps type church. And he said, you know, he goes, that's really not our goal, but our goal is to be changed. I'm like, you know, that's pretty good. <laughs> so we just got back from vacation. It was awesome. It was a great time. We had a blast. We went to Branson again. Um, uh, we, have a, we have friends uh, who gift us uh, uh, for very low cost uh, 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 resort rooms, and, and so it's, it's hard not to go. Uh, and it's peaceful, and it's, it's the mountains, but it's not 16 hours away, you know, so it's just, it was a good time. It was restful, super restful. Uh, and honestly, one of the best moments, my wife doesn't even know what I'm going to say this, one of the best moments, there was a day, one of the days at the resort where some of the kids went to one pool, and, and Angie and I went to another, and she, she just sat and read. And Glory and I and one of her brothers kind of played in this one-foot pool that was, like, made for little kids. 
And I watched my kids rest and have fun. I watched my wife rest and have fun. I watched my daughter rest and have fun. And I just got to be there watching them rest and enjoy themselves. And to me, that was the high of my trip, watching my wife and my kids rest and enjoy themselves and just be together. Had I got that vacation and went by myself, what's the point? That's not restful to me. Rest is the presence of my family together, enjoying and being with one another. And the power, and it's, tra- is, it's amazing, right? It's transformational. We didn't do anything special. We didn't do rest exercises. We didn't do breathing exercises. I didn't you do, do yoga. I mean, look at me. Do I look like a yoga body? No, right? You're like, you could do it, Pastor Brian. I don't want to do it, okay? So don't ask, all right? Um, good for you if you can stretch. This is not a stretchy body. It's, it's bouncy. It's not stretchy, okay? All right, so... so like, we didn't, but just the being together, being in that moment of presence was transformational. And Moses prays a prayer in Exodus thirty-three fifteen. It's right on that banner. We're going to read it today where Moses comes to understand that. They have been delivered from Egypt. They're in the desert. God is speaking to Moses very directly. This is the first time since Adam in the garden, God has really spoken to somebody on a very communal basis. He did speak to Abraham, but not in a communion, not in a back and forth, okay? It's God speaking now, so let's go to the Bible. All right, Exodus 33, verses 12 through 23. One day Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, tell these people, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you'll send with me. You've told me I know you by name and I'll look favorably upon you. If it's true you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. And the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I'll give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know you look favorably on me or your people if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all the other people on earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you've asked and I'll look favorably on you and know you by name. Moses replied, then show me your glorious presence. Other versions say, show me your glory. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I'll call out my name, Yahweh, before you. I'll show mercy to anyone I choose. I'll show compassion on anyone I choose. But, that, but you may not look directly on my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, Lord, look, stand near this rock, As my glorious presence passes by, I'll hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I'll remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face won't be seen. Three things Moses prays here that jump out. First, I want to know you. 
Now, what's interesting is God's speaking to Moses on a really regular basis. They talk. The Bible says it. It says Moses went before God for the people. They talked. He would come back, right? That's how we get the Ten Commandments. He went somewhere near this moment. He gets the Ten Commandments. You know, and God says, so here's the law. This is how you can be a society and a people. Take it back. He knows him, and yet he discovers along the way to know God is to realize how much you don't know him. And how much more of them there... See, if God is infinite, which he is, if God is omnipresent, which he is, if God is omniscient, which is all-powerful, if God is the Alpha and Omega, he has no beginning, he has no end, how can any one person know him? Fully be like, I've got it. I graduated my two years of Bible college. I got this thing down. I was like that right after Christ for the Nations which my son Colin is going to in a month, and I am super happy and heartbroken for him. Um, uh, I'm excited for him. It's going to be awesome. But, but nor, it's typical college age. When I came out of Christ for the Nations, I'm like, this God thing? I got it. <laughs> I know how the church should behave. I know how to reach people. I've got it down. You know, like that's just your mentality coming out in that age range, right? How many know a 20-something who doesn't know everything about something, right? They're just the best to talk to, aren't they? You know, and it's normal. It's okay. That's your season of life. Enjoy it. You're healthy and kind of stupid. But it's awesome. It's a great season. Um, uh, it's, it, it was a great season. But you, I came out and I thought I knew. And man, I, did, I knew nothing. See, I had knowledge, but I didn't know. And Moses prays, God, your presence, I, I want to know it. I want to know what it's like to be close to you. I want to know more about you. I want to get to know you. There are a lot of people who think they begin to know everything about God, about the gifts of the Spirit, about the things of the Lord. There are people who, who for example, this morning would hear uh, uh, something like a word from Cassidy and be like, oh, I, I hate that, I don't like that kind of church, I reject that. Because you believe you know something about the Lord you don't know. You've arrived at something, you've arrived at a conclusion God has not arrived at. Right? Well, they worship too long. The truth is, some weeks we worship longer, some weeks we worship shorter. We try to not box it in because God isn't in a box. Sometimes God's like, all right, wrap it up. <laughs> Another time God's like, we're going to linger here for a minute. Sometimes God's like, Pastor Brian's going to preach a long time, deal with it, like today. And then, uh, I'm just kidding, but seriously. Uh, and, and then there's other times, no, we don't. The Bible says this, 1 Corinthians 13.9. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. Another version says, we see in part, and we know in part. If I, if I, can I get a, Tony, why don't you come up here, bring your giant muscles and come on up here for a minute. <laughs> okay. And hold this for me for just a second, face everybody. Our view of eternity in God is like looking through this glass, and it's dirty. And we only see part of who God is. But Moses is standing there saying, hey, hey I, I want to clear some of this out. I want to see you. I want to know you better. I want to be close to you, Lord. 
I want to understand. And anybody who thinks, no, I don't have this, I would tell you, you have more of it than most. Because when you think you've got God down, your windows are blocked out, man. When you think you've, you know his heart, you know the things that break his heart, the things that make him angry, things that make him cry deeply and intimately, and, and you really are rarely or ever off, you're here. The ones that know the Lord the most know how much they don't know him and want to and accept, I know in part, but God, I want to know more. I want to know you more. I want to know your word more. I want to see you more. Help me clean some of this stuff off to just see you better. Thank you, Tony. That's just what a believer does. A passionate pursuit of Jesus Christ doesn't say, no, 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 I, I, I don't see that way. It says, I do, but God, I, I'm going to spend my days looking. Spend my time looking and finding you and seeing you as best I can. Moses figured that out. Numbers 12, 3. Moses was very humble, more humble than any person on earth. Now, it's kind of funny because Moses wrote this. <laughs> You're a little like, but God allowed it to stay in. So, <laughs> it's kind of funny, like, you know, make sure you put that down. <laughs> you know, but it's in there. And I think it's in there because Moses, Moses is the guy who said, I want to know you. And yet God's glory passes by him and he's communing with him. And it's like, I, I think you know him. Moses was like, no, I don't. Moses was humble enough to realize there's so much of God I just don't understand. But I want to. That's that place of humility God honors. It says, come to me, change me. I want to know you. Follow God. Do, do you know what, is, what makes God laugh? You could. What get, wake, makes God weep? You can. Some of us know some things, right? Royal Family Kids Camp. Our foster kids that come to our camp that we minister to. Does God weep for them? We know he does. But what else does he weep for? What is, makes God angry? And some of you are like, the election makes God angry. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I think my sin makes him angrier. I think corruption makes God angry. But I think my intentional distance from him, that breaks his heart. And, and, and do you know the difference between what makes God weep versus what makes God rage? Do we know? When is God weeping for the nations and when is God saying, it's judgment time? That's, that's getting to know him. And Moses cries out for that. How, do, how, do you, how can you know him? There's some basic ways. Real quick, I'm going to run down the list. One, follow God in your life. Follow him. Follow the presence. Moses figured out, I'm going to follow the cloud. I'm going to follow the fire. God's going to move that way, and we're going to go where he goes. And then he figured it out so much so that, like, okay, when you're going to take me to the promised land, if you're not, like, with me, I don't want you to just be, like, bless me and send me. Come with me. I don't want to do what you told me to do. I want to be with you as I'm doing it. Years ago when we were getting married, Angie and I got married young. I was 21, she was 20. We're still here, five kids, church, ministry. We made it. We're doing good, 
okay? But I remember our pastor saying, you're young, you're going to face challenges, some major adventures together. He's been real nice and graceful. And I remember saying in that moment, it was true, but we wanted to face those adventures together, not do it later, you know, after we've figured this stuff out. That was us. God met us in that. I wanted to be with her figuring that stuff out. Still are. Still am. And still awesome. Follow God in your life. Go where God is going. Not where you want to go. Where is God going? God may go. He may say further north of a small town. Go with him. It's awesome. And it's way better than what you had in mind. I promise you. What God wants is way better than what you do. Second, just easy ways to get to know God. What I would tell you is, and if, if you can, like, like Colin, like other, if you are younger, if you're 18 and under, let me tell you, and I encourage you, I implore you, take a season, six months, a year, at least, seek the Lord. Before you go to college, before you go to junior college, before you get a job, seek God. Get to know your father before you get to know your career. You'll never get that time back, ever. Jobs weren't, aren't going anywhere. But a season where you could seek his face, that'll disappear and you'll never get it back. Any adult say amen to that? All right. Two, read and study the word in your life. Get in the Bible and get to know it. What does it mean? What did it mean then? What, who wrote it? The Holy Spirit, we know, wrote it. But who did he use and why? And what's, what's the influence of that on the text? And what does that mean? What did it mean then? What, does that mean? what is the universal meaning? And so how does that apply to my life today? And don't just read the word. And if you do it enough, the word begins to read you. And lastly, stay in church. Which leads me to the next point, the next prayer. I want your presence. If you don't personally go with us, I want your presence. The presence of God is here in the gathering of believers. And for the person who says, no, I can meet the Lord in my own time. I don't need church. You're wrong. Now, obviously, you don't feel that way. You're here. <laughs> right? But does somebody know somebody who says that? Anybody? Put your hand up. Don't point. Just put your hands up. Like, yep. Don't yell their name out. Gary. No, we all know somebody like, well, I don't need it to meet with the Lord. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because something happens in this setting you can't have in your own time with the Lord. Right? It's just awesome. It's powerful. The collective of the body, when it comes together, God's presence is there in a way it just can't be individually. And it is transformational. It's like... I, I, this morning, I, I, and maybe you're not there, maybe, and that's fine, but man, that moment where the church is singing that wonderful, beautiful, glorious, just ascribing honor to the king, to the, to the glorious one, the powerful one, as a collective body, there's something holy in that moment. That presence, whew, how do you live without it? How do, you, how do you just solo it? The church, with all its baggage and problems, and the church has plenty, it's also the best thing going on earth and God's, when God's presence is in it.
July 31st, we're baptizing people. And if you've not been baptized, and I mean as an adult by immersion in water, like as somebody of like conscious age, like I made a decision, you don't have to be an adult. You just have to be of an age that you decided to follow Jesus yourself. So if that's 10 years old, that's 20, whatever. If you've never been, man, get baptized. You will know, you will see, you will sense, and you will encounter God's presence in that moment. And it will change your life. It's one of the ordinances of the church. We don't, we don't mess with it. I said it before. There are two types of churches. The one where you say who was there. And the one where you say God was there. I grew up in a church that sometimes the preaching was good. And sometimes it wasn't. But God was in that place. Amidst those people. And man, I'll take that. Christ for the Nations was an amazing season of my life. <clears throat> every morning at 8 a.m., you can live stream it too if you want it. Uh, they worship every morning, 8 a.m., Monday through Friday. Man, the times with the Lord, they're, they're just, man, they just changed my life. Something, something that I couldn't do on my own that happened collectively. And I remember, I remember Dr. Hill at my graduation banquet saying, what, why this place? Why for all of us? We touched God here. Man, I want that in our midst. I want that in, in our gathering. God's presence is tangible. Not, not it doesn't have to be every Sunday the exact same. No, no, no. God's infinite. He can change it up. I'm not saying that. I'm not seeking experience. I'm seeking encounter. My youth pastor said it this way years ago. John Sirio. I remember he's saying, you know what the difference between an experience and an encounter is? An experience is a bus comes up and you touch it. An encounter is you stand in front of a bus and it touches you. <laughs> You're forever changed. You will not be the same. <laughs> you feel different about buses after that. <laughs> That's an encounter. Doesn't mean God has to hit me like a bus every week. But if God's presence isn't there, why are we? And if God's presence is there, why aren't we? That doesn't mean every week you weep or you come to the front. No, 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 no. God does many different things, many different ways. He took Saul, he knocked him off his high horse, and he blinded him. Worst altar call ever for a guy. <laughs> right? Okay? He took, he took Moses up the mountain, he got to see his glory. He took Peter, and he rebuked him publicly, and then restored him over breakfast at a fire. God meets us in a million different ways. He met a, he met a woman in adultery at a well, and talked her through it. God meets us in a lot of ways, but it's his presence that does it. Head knowledge helps, but head knowledge without it moving into our heart is worthless, and only the presence of God can do that in our lives and upon us. And the last thing he prayed, he said, I want your glory. Show me your glory. I want to see it in my life. 
I want to see you move in ways that I couldn't do it. You know, the literal translation is, show me your face. Let me look on you, your glory, your countenance, who you are. You know, Nancy and I were first dating, and we still do sometimes. We have those long gazes in each other's eyes, and something's happening, and you're like, oh. <laughs> it's awesome. It's, it's awesome. I remember where I was. Christ for the Nations is in the middle of a dump, but man, I was in love. <laughs> we're, sitting on, we're sitting on like one of those curb stumps, staring into each other's eyes, just lost in the magic, <laughs> you know? Experiencing her glory. <laughs> that, that, that's kind of what Moses cries out for. I want this. See, FaceTime, that's all right. Streaming, it's, it's not bad when you got up for church. But that's not a face-to-face encounter. Right? There's something about this. Anybody here ever feel like I hate texting. Anybody here? Matter of fact, we have a policy in our church, and one of the church for all church leadership, if you lead any ministry anywhere, one of the things is you cannot do conflict in text. You sign an agreement. The, the elders have, all ministry leaders have, no conflict in text. That means tech, uh, online, social media, on your phone, in email, no conflict. That doesn't mean you can't say, hey, can we talk? But it does mean you can't be like, I think you're a bloated piece. Of, you know, you can't do that. Right? And if you do, you are no longer a leader here. Why? Because you can say things like that that you would never say face to face. Because here, relationship happens. Here, transformation happens. And Moses knew that. He said, I want to see your glory. I want to know you. Now, he was at a time and a place where God told him, he's like, I, I, Moses, it'll literally kill you. I'm too holy and this world's too fallen. It will wipe you out, my full glory. Well, <laughs> he lets him see the back half of him. And it's so awesome that he has to come, when he comes down the mountain, it says he's glowing. He had to cover his own face. Isn't that interesting? Moses had to wear a mask to not freak people out because his countenance was covered in God's. And the interesting thing was, God couldn't show him his face. And then when he showed his face to the people, just a, just a leftover of God's backside, they couldn't handle his face. And what does that tell you? Does that, it tells you they didn't want full relationship with the Lord, did they? Some of us don't want God's glory. Some of us don't want him to move like that. We don't want to know him. We don't want his presence. We definitely don't want his glory. We want chunks of God, little pieces that we can handle. You're not alone. I'm not beating you up on that. Because I've been the same way. We all do it. What if we did?
What if we did say, God, I, I really do want to know you. Maybe parts of me don't, but I do. I want to know you more than I want that guy to date me. I want to know you more than I want their approval. I want to know you more than I want to be comfortable. I want to know you. I, want to, I do want to see your glory. I want to see your power. I do. Because when you ask and you genuinely mean it, I believe God answers that prayer. Sometimes in a moment, sometimes over many prayers. But he will show up, and when he does, it's going to mess you up. You may not be able to keep a schedule all the time. You may have to start giving more. <laughs> Somebody's like, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> you may have to you may have to apologize to somebody. You may have to repent. You may, you may have to reprioritize your life because he's saying, you know, this is, you're wasting your time. Some of you can spend six hours playing Call of Duty. You spend six minutes in the Word and the Lord's saying, you don't want me. You just say you do. And this, here's the thing. We're not saved by works not talking about your salvation you are saved by Jesus and Jesus alone the only thing we do is say yeah please rescue me from death and hell please come into my life but it's a whole other thing in the process of the believer to say I want to know you I want your presence please show me your glory and when you ask there were times I had a good message prepared, and the Lord was like, nah. There were times I wanted to be upset, and the Lord was like, it's time to rejoice. Look what I'm doing. There were times I wanted to go, go off into my weaknesses, and the Lord says, nope, come to me. See, it'll change a lot of things, but it means change. Do you want it? Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10.